I'm Andrew Schweitzer, and you're listening to the Boxing for Free podcast. You want to know what the worst thing about vacation is? No, you don't, because this is a boxing podcast, not some stupid podcast where I narrate all the boring stuff that happens in my life. But anyway, the worst thing about vacation is coming back. And yeah, I, I, I can suddenly uh, relate to all those people who are on welfare, who are, you know, scamming the system, even though they can work, they're just refusing not to. I, I kind of understand that viewpoint a little bit because I had a very nice vacation. Uh, but I'm glad to be back now <clears throat> and uh, go over some important stories that uh, I want to talk about. So while I was down in Ontario, I saw the news that Robert Guerrero had been knocked out in the third route against Omar Figueroa. And I thought, okay, that's, uh, that, that's got to be it for him career-wise. And... Uh, the, the following night, I watched the fight on uh, YouTube with my dad, and uh, it, it was just the same mistakes we've seen we've seen from Guerrero over and over and over. I thought he did well in the first round when he was using his boxing skills more. He, he was actually uh, backing up Figueroa. He was hurting him to the body. But in the second round, he, he set up a trap that he always falls into himself, and that is where he just wants to to brawl. He will he wants to stand toe to toe and he wants to brawl with these guys thinking that, you know, that, that that's gonna win him the fight. He he should have been using his reach. He should have been using the ring a lot more. He wanted to brawl his way to victory instead of fighting intelligently. And unfortunately, uh Omar Figueroa was too strong and Guerrero paid the price. And uh this is the fifth loss for Guerrero since two thousand and thirteen. Technically, you, you you could almost argue it's the sixth loss because you there there's a very good argument that that he uh, lost his fight against Aaron Hernan or Aaron Martinez. I'm sorry, but uh, uh, I I just I, I couldn't understand why he was doing that. Why why was he just so content to just kind of go toe to toe with them? This is not Rock'em Sock'em Robots, people. It's boxing. See, when BBC launched, Guerrero was one of the uh, big names and faces that was being used to uh, draw in viewers, but he's only won one fight, and that was the disputed victory against Aaron Martinez. After It, it seemed that uh, after the, uh, the first main event on PBC with uh, Thurman and Guerrero, he just kept getting all these main event shots that he didn't deserve. Did you really think that uh, Robert Guerrero deserved a welterweight title shot against Danny Garcia? And for some reason, he refused to fire his father as head trainer. Now, back uh, in the lead-up to his fight with Floyd Mayweather, I remember uh, on the All Access program that they talked about how Guerrero once actually did replace his father as uh, head trainer. I think he had some new management, and they said, you know, get rid of your father. We got this better trainer for you. And in their first fight, Guerrero lost uh, a split decision. And immediately afterwards, he hired back his father, and they were undefeated up to that point, uh, including a rematch over 
the uh, person who handed Guerrero his first loss. But it, it the writing should have been on the wall after the Floyd Mayweather fight that, uh, you know, I, I can understand loyalty to a parent, but the loyalty hasn't been, or hadn't been paying off for Robert Guerrero. I mean, he can say, oh, well, I've had my dad in my corner the whole time. Okay, but what good has that done you? Seriously, what good has it done anybody? I mean, either way, Guerrero has uh, announced his retirement. And uh, it's the right move, in all honesty. He doesn't need to be taking any more punishment like he did against Figueroa. So... I just hope that he can actually st- uh, stand by that, okay? I-, I don't want to see him get back in the ring. At age 34, if he wants to stop, I'm not going to criticize him for that. He ends his career with a record of 33 wins, 6 losses, 18 wins by way of knockout with 1 draw. So, uh, I-, I hope the Ghost enjoys retirement. Moving on. Okay, now this was something else that I saw while I was back in Ontario, there was a video put out by uh, Showtime Sean Porter, and I don't know, maybe he, maybe he's doing something that I've done uh, in over the past few years, and that somehow channel the spirit of former all-time great wrestler Randy the Macho Man Savage. Just l- listen to this video that he put out. I've only just heard that the WBC would like Showtime Sean Porter to fight another title eliminator. And they want me to fight none other than a cherry picker himself. Danny Garcia. What I say to you, Danny Garcia, let's get it on. Ooh, yeah. Well, uh, gotta say, I I appreciate the enthusiasm in all honesty. And I would uh, use my own Macho Man Randy Savage impression to compare. But, uh, you know, I'm not drunk enough and nobody's playing the NWO theme. So that's not going to happen. So my thought... Wait, what? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Cut my music, yeah. Showtime Sean Porter taking on... Danny Swift Garcia. Oh, yeah! Well, the macho man Andrew Schweitzer happens to like that fight. Yeah, he really does it! <laughs> see, see, like I said, I, I, I'm, I'm too sober. I can't, I can't keep doing the, the, the macho man impression. I mean, oh, if, if I could record these podcasts... You know, while intoxicated, maybe I would, but uh, no. What? Okay, so what do I actually think about this? Uh, what do I actually think about this uh, possible matchup between Showtime Sean Porter and Danny Swift Garcia? Well, you've got two people who uh, both have lost to Keith One-Time Thurman in welterweight championship fights. You've got two guys who are uh, both uh, two of the top welterweights in the world. Oddly enough, uh, this this is uh, sounding like a WWF matchup now that I think about it, because both of them have uh, trainers who are also their fathers. 
you've got Kenny Porter training Sean. You got Angel Garcia training Danny. I think it's a good matchup. I think that whoever wins that fight is probably going to get a a rematch with Keith Thurman. Uh, if I were to choose between which one I would like to see, I'd really like to see uh, Sean Porter get a rematch with Keith Thurman. Their fight from 2016 was one of the best I saw. I scored that fight a draw, and I was kind of disappointed that so many people booed the decision. I mean, I thought it could have gone either way. I wasn't going to be disappointed. But regardless, would like to see a fight between Danny Garcia and Sean Porter. Maybe they can get Lanny Poffo to walk one of them to the ring. Well, that that would be uh, uh, Porter who would get that treatment. And... I don't know. Uh, Angel Garcia likes to make lots of racist outbursts, so maybe Hulk Hogan can walk him to the ring. I don't know, but that would be a great fight. And if you thought that, you know, I'm too sober to do my Randy Macho Man Savage impression, I am way too sober at this point to even attempt doing my terrible, terrible Hulk Hogan impression. So... I'm not going to do that at all. But like I said, I really would like to see that fight. Moving on. Okay, on to some more serious matters. uh, And that is this past weekend's 140-pound showdown between Mikey Garcia and Adrian the Problem Broner. I unfortunately did not uh, get to watch the fight live as it aired. But uh, shortly before... I gave my prediction that I thought Garcia would win by a 10th round TKO. That didn't happen. It was a uh, 12-round domination by Garcia. I I gave him practically every round. And it's not as if Broner wasn't doing anything. Well, that's not fair. I mean, I, I keep seeing arguments from people that Broner would have won if he threw his hands more. It's like, okay, probably, but he didn't, so he lost. And I I keep seeing a lot of people making excuses for Adrian Broner, and it's like, what are you making excuses for him for, okay? He was the one who kept saying that, oh, you shouldn't make me the underdog, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. You know, I'm going to make this look easy, and all you guys are going to feel stupid afterwards. Well... No, if anyone who should feel stupid, it's Adrian Broner because, well, I, I feel a bit stupid too, in all honesty, because I predicted years and years ago, like probably back in 2013, something like that, I predicted that by this time, Adrian Broner was going to be headlining pay-per-views. That hasn't happened yet. In fact, Broner has yet to beat any sort of real elite opponent out there. He's had losses to Marcos Maidana, Showtime Sean Porter, and now Mikey Garcia, who, you know, it's not like this fight was very, it was boring or anything. I thought it was a good fight, good, extremely good performance from Garcia, in fact. I I think that this is going to go down as one of his better performances, and it's not like he's had bad ones at all, but when you just look back at the caliber of opponents he's fought, I'd say that this is probably his best performance thus far that I've seen of him. He just looks phenomenal. He knows how to... He's just got such an advanced ring IQ. And he looks like he really could be the future of this sport, in all honesty. And now the big talk is, who's next for Mikey Garcia? Is it 
135 pound showdown with Vasil Lomachenko, which would be phenomenal. Or does he stay where he is? And does he have a showdown with Terrence Crawford? The sky's the limit for Mikey Garcia at this point. And I really hope that we don't have to wait too long to see him in the ring again. He's a phenomenal talent. I was a bit... uh, I will say this. I was surprised at how fast he was sometimes. In fact, I'll say this for Broner, too. I thought that he was extremely fast as well. He's Some of these shots are coming at lightning quick speed. And, you know, sometimes he's able to avoid some of them. Sometimes he's not. But Garcia really is uh, just one of the top fighters in the world today, I think. And can't wait to see him again. I would... I, I really hope that the next fight is either against Lomachenko or Terrence Crawford. I, I think that's the those are two of the best fights that could be made in the sport right now. And uh, yeah, what, what more is there to say? What's next for Adrian Broner? Well, he really needed a big victory this past Saturday, and he didn't get it. He didn't come close to it. I thought that the scorecards were a lot closer than they should have been i i didn't see uh, a way that broner could have won four rounds but whatever i'm not a judge and he he got a bit angry with jim gray when uh, jim gray said that he, he told broner you said this was a do or die fight and broner just got upset after that listen to this you said it was a do or die fight and unfortunately it didn't they come said out. it's a do or die fight if i fight tomorrow then everybody in this motherfucker gonna still come see me man at the end of the day, listen, I'm still AB, I'm still about billions, I'm still the can man, I'm still a fighting motherfucker, and anybody still can't get it. And if you want a rematch in California, we can do it. And what about the weight? Was it just too much weight for you to come down? I went tired. Okay. I was okay. It's just he fought, he fought a better fight tonight, he was the better man tonight, and it's okay. At the end of the day, I'm still a four-time world champion, four different weight classes, and when I'm done with sport, I'm going to be in the history books. All right, Adrian, thank you. Thank y'all. All All right, Mo. Yeah, when you hear those boos, you can tell that nobody's really interested in reading those history books, Adrian. You know, I've had a few people, I've seen some discussions online. I've had a few people say, you know, he's got to be one of the weakest four division champions of all time. And I agree. It's kind of like, okay, who have you really beaten? I, I, I... you know, are, are these names that stand the test of time that, you know, when you beat, when it, when we look back and say, oh, wow, yo, he beat so-and-so, oh, wow. I don't know, it, it just doesn't register to me right away. And it, it seems that, if anything, Broner's gotten more attention for his activities outside the ring, like uh, releasing a sex tape, than... I don't know anything he's done in the ring. It, it seems that whenever we talk about Adrian Broner in the ring, it's always about how good he could be, but not about how good he is at the moment. I mean, the only thing that really comes close was when behind on the scorecards against Sean Porter, the first punch he throws in the final round is this beautiful left hook that drops Porter. And I thought, ah, you know, imagine if he'd been fighting like that the whole the whole fight how how different this could have been but it just didn't happen that way 
So what does Adrian Broner need to do, aside from rededicate himself to the sport? Does he need to hire a new trainer? Possibly. I heard uh, a friend on Facebook say maybe he should hire Freddie Roach, but I just don't see that happening. I don't see it happening, and even if it did, I don't think it would work. But I like surprises, so let, let's just see what does happen. But either way... I was way off about Broner headlining pay-per-views at this point. Moving on. Now, originally I was going to end the podcast here, but I've uh, just been handed some late-breaking news, and the drought is over, people. The drought is over, okay? Now, you're probably wondering, what are you talking about? What, What drought is he talking about? 596 days the drought has occurred. Or... One year, seven months, 18 days. And that drought is how long Victor Ortiz has gone without a victory because last night, Victor Ortiz knocked out Saul Corral in the fourth round. This beautiful, beautiful KO shot. Corral never knew what hit him. Ladies and gentlemen, the drought is over. Victor Ortiz is alive and well in boxing again. Yes, yes, yes. Victor Ortiz is back. Uh, Unfortunately, the PBC Twitter account got the the round he knocked Corral out in incorrectly. He knocked him out in round four. PBC says, oh, no, they knocked him out in round five. Okay, well. uh, (laughs) Oh, all aboard the Victor Ortiz hype train. He claims that he's rededicated himself to the sport for like the 20th time in the last five four years or something like that. I don't care. All aboard the Victor Ortiz hype train. Next stop, the rubber match with Andre Berto. All aboard, people. This is going to be a fun ride. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) that's all we have for you this week. Oh, God, I love this sometimes. We hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Boxing for Free podcast. You can find us online at www.boxingforfree.com. That's boxing, the number four, free.com. Twitter.com slash boxingforfree. Be like Arislandi Lara, Robert Guerrero, Berman Stavern, Miller Zizek, Adonis Stevenson, Glenn Johnson. Wow, that's a lot of famous boxers and hundreds of others. And follow us on Twitter. Go to youtube.com slash boxingforfree and like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash boxingforfree page. You can subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, and several other podcast directories. If you use iTunes, give us a review and let everyone know that the Boxing for Free podcast is your source for boxing news and commentary. I'm Andrew Schweitzer. Thank you for listening, and we hope you tune in next time. I've been in the danger zone east of the Pacific Ocean, west of London, England, south of Mars, and north of hell. Yeah.